first pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars select Trophy Chase, Arizona. With the second pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Cody Smith, Houston, Texas. The Fantasy Draft Room is now on the clock. Welcome to the Fantasy Draft Room. I am Chase. You can find me on Twitter at TrophyChaseTFDR. And as always, my man Cody, good to have you back for the new year. Where can they find you at? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to all. You can all can find me over on Twitter at CodySmithTFDR. Just like last year. Don't make that joke, Cody. It's what I told myself coming in. I still made it. You can also find us over on Twitter at our joint account at underscore TFDR for the joint account on all of the podcasts, wherever you can get them. You can also find us on YouTube at the Fantasy Draft Room. Discords, if you want to reach out to them, hit us up on Discord as well. Easy to find. We're always on there talking in the Discord and on group chats over there. And I think that's all we got to plug. All the rate, review, like, subscribe, do all of those things. The algorithm loves it. We love it because it helps us and it can help us give back to you as well. You out of breath? Man. (laughs) We have a lot in store today, man. So uh, obviously, Happy New Year. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, We have a very first 2023 Dynasty Startup Draft that we are actually in. It is a USFFL style. We'll jump into that. Tons of fun. We are through 10 rounds of the auction, so we have our team kind of built out already before we go into uh, the next rounds uh, for the Snake. We are going to get into our picks and where we left off from uh, the past few weeks after taking a little hiatus for for the holidays. But first and foremost, it was or still is Fantasy Championship Week. Uh, Unfortunately for for everything that happened on Monday Night Football uh, with DeMar Hamlin, you know, thoughts and prayers go to him and his family. Sounds like he's improving. No true update there yet as far as what's going on, but it sounds like Things are improving for his situation. His foundations raised $6.6 million last I saw for DeMar Hamlin's toy drive. So uh, a lot of good things, a lot of, you know, human things are happening, which is is great to see, uh, especially when we are in kind of a cutthroat time of year when it comes to fantasy football. People sometimes don't respond the best to real life. No, they don't respond the best to real life, but the the amount of support and out, outreach that I've seen through this is you know truly incredible. Everybody that I've encountered with in the fantasy space has just been trying to find the best way around this. But you know, at the end of the day, it kind of makes you realize that you know we do play this game. We play a game of a game, and truthfully, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, right? Like we yeah. love it, and we pour our hearts and souls into this thing, but it's even more so for DeMar Hamlin and what he was putting on that field. And it's a really sobering thing just in the game of football, the, you know, everyday life to really have to go through that. I was, you know, I was in the car driving back down to Texas whenever I turned the game on and I heard that they were loading him in the ambulance. And I had had that one play out in front of me to try to learn what was happening. And as I was driving, it was just a really, really long drive back and a lot of reflecting, hoping and praying that tomorrow was going to be okay. Thankfully, it sounds like he is improving yeah. at least a little bit. And so thoughts and prayers with him and his recovery the rest of the way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well said. Couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, you know, it, it is championship week. And, and as a result of that game still kind of pending, 
some championships have been decided. Some championships will be um, decided potentially at a later date. We'll find out if this game's actually rescheduled, right? So hopefully, uh, again, things progress for him, and then we'll see what happens here with the NFL. They said that there's going to be an announcement in the next few days as far as what is actually going on with that game and the potential rescheduling. There's different scenarios that we've all ran through and kind of talked about. And, you know, coincidentally enough, there was so much writing on that game for playoff seating, for conference or for uh, division titles, playoffs, all that kind of stuff that it sounds like they may have to play the game, but we will find out here soon. So for fantasy purposes, some championships have been decided. Some have not. Some are still pending. You were in one where... Um, you guys kind of worked out an agreement and, and just kind of kind of called it. I think you had a shot, but it was a a, a dark horse shot for for old Joe Mixon. Yeah, it was Joe Mixon and Naeem Hines. I probably it was best ball formats. You know, all of the rest of the lineups already locked. I probably would have had to make up about forty points, and he had another guy in the game still on the other side. So. Looking at it and, you know, just kind of going through it, you're like, maybe there's a 5% chance outcome that it happens. But, you know, it's probably the right thing to do here of just say, hey, let's end this thing. I'll, I'll succeed to it. Uh, we'll we'll give – I got a little bit of a percentage back on the second place win. Shout out to Jay Peters for that one. Really appreciate that. Didn't have to do it. But, you know, it, uh, another thing of just, you know, trying to find the best, what, best path forward for this and – that was my championship game. That was the one that I put all my eggs in the basket for. And unfortunately, I lost Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins, and Antonio Gibson in the last two weeks. And I uh, traded for two of those three in the last four weeks and just didn't end up week, – week 17 was brutal, man. It was brutal for fantasy purposes, brutal week 17 with all the injuries and uh, guys sitting out due to injuries and stuff like that. So – I didn't get any championships under my belt this year. Unfortunately, came up short in the one that I was still in. But we can take that transition to how did your teams do in your <laughs> 2022 fantasy season? Well, now that you bring it up, I am the champion of Royal Rumble, baby. I mean, 2018 two-copy league with uh, with Ray and Destination Debbie. Incredible league, incredible group of people. Hands down the best league. So props to, to Ray for putting that together and, and, and having that. It was old Heisman versus new Heisman. Uh, again, 28 teams, two copies. And, I mean, it was a grind. And I came out on top. I was worried about my week 15 matchups. And I literally played the, I mean, luck comes into this. Like when you, when you win a title, I literally played the one team that I could have beat week 15 in order to move on. And it worked out well, week 16, week 17 panned out. Um, I still had Stefan Diggs to play, but I was up by 30 in the championship. Uh, and, and man, it feels so good. It feels so good. <laughs> Like all that effort, all that time, all that energy paid off. But uh, but again, it was so much fun. Hands down, best league that we're in, and both of us are in this league here too. Oh, absolutely love this league. Um, you know, I'm I'm not the champ. I ended up turning this thing into a rebuild punt for next year. We've got the first under my belt. We're going to be coming for that belt. 
going to be coming for that belt that uh, you're actually going to be getting the belt too. We're going to be hanging that thing up behind yes, you. I assume that thing's going to be loud and proud here behind you for the next, <laughs> I don't even want to know how many years, but man, congrats to you and that team. It was a hell of a monster you built. I know me and you Thank even you. put in hours together trying to run that thing and figure out where we could go. Not in the collusion sense. Don't get your minds twisted. We were just trying to make the best deals for his team with the other 27 teams in the league man like it's a crazy yeah. league to be able to pull this one off so congrats again on that Thank congrats you. on the belt and we'll yeah see once we get that championship belt in man we will we will have an unveiling i will we'll have a whole whole separate thing and that will be on full display the first day that that we do get that so i'm i'm so pumped um obviously that was the biggest most important league <laughs> that that i won um i am in a couple others that um uh, we can I can see or we I can see it on one. We ended up splitting the pot 50 50, but uh, I had two players to go. He had one and I was down by nine. We're just like, you know what? Let's just call it a day. He got the championship and I'll just we'll split the money 50 50. The other ones are still pending. Uh, I have two more championships at two or three. Um, coincidentally enough, I'm playing against Josh Allen and all of them. Um, I'm up 40 and one up 50 and another where I'm facing Diggs and Allen. Um, so we'll see how this all plays out and how those championships work out. But again, it's, it's nice to just be in a title game. Um, and this, this one here made it all better. Like the, if, if I would have lost every other league, this Royal rumble championship, you have to have to have to patreon.com slash all gas. That community is incredible. The, the, the best knowledge, the best people, um, uh, in the industry, and you will not regret being a part of, of destination Debbie. Yeah, man, it's really been the greatest year of fantasy. I mean, we we met each other through there. This is how this yep. whole thing started. So best year of fantasy that I've had in I don't know how many years of fantasy I've been playing <laughs> more. It's more so in the redraft and more recently in the dynasty formats and building up that portfolio. But man, it's uh was an absolute blast this year. I know it's not fully finished yet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's basically finished and we can look we can look back on fantasy season of 2022 uh pretty well and especially well for you. And in the in the coming weeks, we're going to dive into some roster construction things. So we will so, show some of our playoff and, and championship contender teams, how we built them, how it worked out. You know, unfortunately for you, I think if you would have had your your guys that were out, you would have been in the championship as well. For uh, you know, obviously, or you would have won potentially with with D Hop and and Henry. So it would have changed things. So we are going to dive into some of that. So you will get to see the rosters behind the championships um, and the the championship contenders as well. So uh, we'll get into that later. Right now. We, we have a competition that we're going through and we have do we have been picking for the last few weeks and kind of looking at you know how are we doing with betting you're picking against the spread uh week one you had me or week 16 you had me eight and eight seven and nine last week i uh i got lucky i think i got lucky for fantasy championships i got lucky on picks like <laughs> You had a good week last week, man. It was a, it was a solid week last week. When going eleven and four on the spread, it's a hell of a week. I'm still, you know, I'm still staying positive. Still staying yeah. positive. I'm not going to call it bad, but you know, you kind of did lay it down on the table on me. So, congrats on that one. You've pulled ahead, eighteen to 13, 16, 15. We'll keep this one going. Keep this series going. Just checking back in on it for the remainder of this year. And now it's time to pick our spread games for. Week 18, finish up the regular season with the last 16 game slate that we have. Football's ending too soon, man. 
Oh man, like that's the thing is like we talk about it all the time. We look forward to August, September games kicking off for college and, and in the NFL. And next thing you know, it's the end of December. We have the playoffs left, and you're just like, "What happened? Fantasy's over." I mean, fantasy's just beginning if you're into dynasty, but um, never ends. Yeah, it yeah never ends. But man, I can't believe we're picking week 18 right now. Cannot believe it. All right, let's get into it, though. First game we got on the Saturday slate, KC, Las Vegas. Las Vegas coming in at nine and a half favorites against KC. This will be a Jared Stidham game. Derek Carr is benched for the rest of the year, told to get the hell out, go home. We've got Jared Stidham going up against Patrick Mahomes, nine and a half favorites. Who do you got here? You know, I'm going to I'm going to take Las Vegas getting the nine and a half. Like, I'm just going to ride Jared Siddham. <laughs> I just I have to. I'm going to take that in the points and just and hope that that secondary of Kansas City just can't hold up. Yeah, I still believe Jared Stidham fully stinks. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are very, very good. And so uh, maybe some, you know, one hit wonder magic coming off the bench for the first time. Feeling good. Ain't going to keep the feeling rolling. KC minus nine and a half there. All right, next game up, we have Tennessee and Jacksonville. Jacksonville is a six-point favorite. They're giving up the six, and they're at home. Tennessee's going to have Dobbs in playing. Um, Derrick Henry sounds like he's going to be good to go, locked and loaded. But, man, I for me personally, I'm taking. I'm going to give up the six points and take the Jags. I feel like Doug Peterson has a game plan where he can pick apart this Tennessee secondary without running the football and just look for Ingram, Christian Kirk, and Zay Jones to just torch that secondary. Yeah, I'm going to go on the other side on this one. I think Joshua Dobbs is about five times better somehow than Malik Willis is this year, and that's incredibly sad to say. Um, I think Jacksonville's going to get a little bit tight on this one. You know, they need this one to lock up the – fully lock up the division, I believe, or they're already in. I forget exactly what their playoff circumstances are here, but they're coming down the stretch, going to lock this one up, get a, get a little bit tight in their last regular season game. Give me a Tennessee plus the six and a half. Yeah, this is that is for the division title. So the winner is in the playoffs and gets a home game. So uh, I'm pulling for the T-Laws, the baby. So uh, next game up. Big one for for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay on the road, and it looks like Atlanta's favored by four. Atlanta favored by four with Desmond Ritter, man. That seems weird, but um, <laughs> give me Tampa Bay. <laughs> I'm just going to make this one real easy. Give me Tampa. Yeah, you know, they actually showed out and actually were able to move the ball last week. Mike Evans had the connection reestablished with Tom Brady putting up 207 and three, I believe, last week. So I think they keep it rolling. I'm right there with you. It seems a little bit like, uh, you know, I guess they're at home. So maybe a couple points there. But, yeah, I'll take I'll take Tampa Bay to keep it within four. I feel like I believe if I understood correctly, Tom Brady's only going to play some of the game and they're going to have Trask and Gabbert in um, so that could contribute to it but I still feel like that that team is just better than Atlanta and so I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna roll with that so uh, next up Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots Buffalo favored by seven giving up seven points here at home now this game does matter because the Cincinnati and Buffalo game was not played Buffalo is playing for home field advantage um, in the playoffs still that this so this game clearly matters and it matters for New England New England is the seven seed so basically they win and they're in if they lose I believe they're eliminated so uh, who you got on this one yeah man this is a play for DeMar game you know I would take Buffalo it's impossible for me to take the other side 
I could not in good conscience do it. I don't care if the line is minus 40. I would still take Buffalo. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Buffalo and give up the points as well. We'll, we'll just move on from that one because I feel like it's a seems like a no brainer, right? <laughs> Should you would hope, man. Hope they can come out and turn that one around there. Let's move into the Sunday slate games. I guess that was our first couple of Sunday slates over there, but we're moving into Minnesota and Chicago. Chicago picking up plus seven and a half against the Minnesota Vikings. Fields is out of this one again, I believe, had the hip injury flare up again. And he will be out for, is he out for the remainder? I guess this is the remainder of the year. because This is their season. So Minnesota (laughs) with Kirk Cousins going up against Peterman. Peterman, good God. Yeah, uh, again, don't care. I'll take Minnesota. You put that quarterback, those quarterbacks up against each other, I'll take Minnesota every time. Feels like this should be a 17 and a half point favorite for for them. So I'm going to take Minnesota and give it up to seven and a half. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, I don't see a reason that Chicago is even remotely competitive in this one. All right, moving into Baltimore and Cincinnati. Cincinnati at home. They are also playing for their home field advantage because they didn't get the game completed last week. So let's see how they respond from that. Again, just incredibly unfortunate game. And to play this on a turnaround of one week has got to be heavy on these guys. But they're still coming in against Baltimore, minus seven. The inept Baltimore Ravens without Lamar Jackson can't move the ball on offense. Who do you got? Which side here? Uh, you know, Cincinnati is playing for for the division. They're both, this is a division championship game, basically. Like Cincinnati, if they win, they lock it up. Uh, if they lose, then that Buffalo Bills game will figure that thing out. So I feel like Cincinnati is going to just seal the deal here. I will take Cincinnati giving up the seven points at home and yep. Joe Burrow and company is going to do work. This is the game that's going to make the NFL lives hard for these guys. Baltimore is going to, they're going to, they're going to cover. I'm not going to say they're going to win. Okay. They're going to cover. Fair enough. (laughs) Almost upset. Almost. Almost upset. Yeah. We got Houston and Indy next, the 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 game that does not matter. Um, again, week 18 is one of the hardest weeks to pick because you have so many things going on with, with rosters, testing things out, and, and just coaches kind of having fun week 18. So Houston on the road against Indianapolis, Indy giving up two and a half. I mean, who you got in this? Man, I think this is the first time all year I'd actually pick my Texans. Um there's one team that looks like they've mailed it in for the remainder of this year. And then there's one team that's actually put up some good showings in the last couple of weeks. Uh, got killed last week, but I'm going to take the one who's actually shown me something in the last four. So give me Houston plus the two and a half. Yeah. Indy's depleted. I have no problem taking Houston outright, um, but yeah, give me Houston and points. Sure. Why not? So I'll take Houston too. All right. Moving into New York and Miami, the New York jets, against the Miami Dolphins plus one for Miami at home. I don't know how I feel about this one. I'm with you, man. I I feel like the, the issue is, is Tua is not playing right. So lots of question marks about that Miami offense, which is so potent and powerful. Um, I feel like this is a game. The jets are going to win, but man, Miami at home, I just have a hard time betting against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and and what Raheem Mostert's done within that backfield. So give me give me Miami plus one. That's fine. We do have Mike White right on the other side of this one. We do. The Mike fucking White Lightnings are absolutely going to go into Miami and tear shit up. 
going to remind them that they should kick Zach Wilson to the curb, get him the hell out of town. There he's going to come in there, command the job back. Let's go. New York Jets minus the one and a half. I should take him at minus 10. Someone is on that hopium over here. Yep, my, the Michael White show. <laughs> All right, we got Carolina at New Orleans. New Orleans giving up three and a half. I've been riding New Orleans down the stretch here. It just feels like they're a team that it's just having fun right now, coincidentally, like for a team that hasn't had fun all year. Um, give me New Orleans, man. Give me New Orleans in the three and a half. You've been give riding New Orleans the last two weeks. I've been riding Carolina the last two weeks. I'm going to be against you on this one as well. Let's see how it plays out one last time. Head against head. Mono e mono. Carolina plus the three and a half in New Orleans. Perfect. Cleveland on the road against Pittsburgh. Again, Pittsburgh is in the playoff hunt still. Uh, I've giving up two and a half points for me. I don't even really want to break this down too in depth. I, I feel like Cleveland is a good football team. It's just things are trying to to get themselves figured out. I want to. I want to say Pittsburgh. You know, I'm actually flip flopping on the fly here. I'm going to take Cleveland. Cleveland has looked better. They've been putting up some offensive showing. I'm going to take Cleveland to to win this one on the road and, and to to ruin Pittsburgh's playoff hopes. Yeah, if you gave me this one, the only thing is like Cleveland not playing for anything. Pittsburgh playing for it still might give the little bit of the lean. They are at home as well, but I think I almost look at this one as a pick 'em. I'm going to yeah. take who I think is a better all-around team actually with the Sean Watson under quarterback and I'm going to take Cleveland plus two and a half as well. Love it, man. All right, so getting into an AFC West matchup that we thought was going to be a bunch of gunslingers, and it's going to be the LA Chargers and the Denver Broncos playing for nothing. Um, I, I I want to say Denver just because I feel like Denver is out there actually playing. Like, want to see Russell Wilson? They want to see that team play in a, as a cohesive unit. And LA is just kind of, I, I believe they're going to be resting. I, I could be wrong on that, but I believe they're going to be resting some players. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take Denver at home right here. And if Denver's minus two, they're resting every single starter <laughs> that they fucking have on the other side of the ball. So I am still going to be on that side though. Denver minus two, we'll say the starters don't play more than a quarter, even if they do play week 18 toss up game, flip a coin, however you want to take it, but I'll land on Denver. Love it. Love it. And then we have the NFC East matchup with the Giants resting their entire roster against the Philadelphia Eagles playing for home field advantage, giving up 14 points with Jalen Hurts in the lineup. I feel like this is a no-brainer Philly giving up 14 points. I mean, it sounds wild because that's a big margin, but I think Philly's just going to run house. They're going to run house, but I believe that it does open up the possibility of a backdoor cover, maybe on like the last play of the game. New York Giants just out there having fun with a bunch of fourth stringers. Philly's already pulled all their starters because they're up by three touchdowns at this point coming into the fourth. I'm going to go with a backdoor cover with the New York Giants getting plus 14 in Philly. And I'll run it down here from the stretch. we got San Francisco and Arizona. San Francisco with net minus 14 and a half. Biggest spread, I believe, that we have on the board. Yes, it is. Against Arizona, bad Arizona team. I believe we have David Blau back again under center for Arizona. Hasn't looked nearly as incompetent as Trace McSorley, but that's not saying much. San Francisco rolling out there with Brock Purdy and the boys again, I assume. Um, good God. I'm, I'm not going to bet two backdoor covers in a row. I'll take San Francisco to cover the 14 and a half on this one. 
Yeah, San Francisco is still playing for something here. They they have the potential to slide in as, you know, if, if the Eagles do not win, uh, they have the potential to slide in as the one seed. So they are playing for something. It's That's a lot of fucking points. I'll, I'll still take San Francisco, giving up those points. I, Arizona has nothing on offense, so yeah, easy. It's bad over there. LAR against Seattle. Seattle getting six and a half against the Rams in the afternoon window slot. Seattle is not playing for anything anymore at this point. What's their playoff situation in this one where they're catching six and a half? They are. They have a chance at the playoffs, I believe. If they win, I think they need help, I believe. But I think if Seattle wins, it's a pretty simple path for them to make the playoffs. So I'm going to take Seattle actually yeah i'm gonna take seattle giving up those points uh the rams are just playing for pride at this point i believe so baker mayfield show have fun all right i'll take baker mayfield show uh doesn't get the win seahawks can still have their playoff berth if things break right for them but i'm gonna take the plus six and a half on the Rams side all right there we go uh then we move into the last afternoon window of the year in the regular season dallas cowboys against the washington commanders washington commanders getting plus seven at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys still playing for stuff. Apparently Ron Rivera doesn't know when they're playing for things and doesn't know when they're playing for playoff hopes. So um, I call that organization completely inept, even though he's a good leader of men, in my opinion. He's a horrible coach. I'm going to take Dallas minus the seven. Yeah, I wanted Riverboat Ron fired last year. I hope it happens this year. Again, great person. Uh, wish the best for him and all that he does in his future. But uh, the fact that he named a starter and then changed the name of the starter, it is Sam Howell, apparently starting quarterback for Washington. What a debacle that has been. Yeah. Give me, give me Dallas and I'll, I'll give up those points. <laughs> Fine. And then to close out the regular season of 2022, the Detroit lions and the green Bay Packers, green Bay catching negative four and a half minus four and a half points against the Detroit Lions. Who do you got here for the last regular season pick of 2022? Too easy. You are not, sorry, you can if you want to, but I am not betting against Aaron Rodgers at home with the playoff berth on the line. Aaron Rodgers is going to win himself this game, and I'll give up those four and a half points. He'll do it in convincing fashion. Yeah, back-to-back MVP champion is not going to win it for the three-peat, but he has turned it on here as of late at home against the Detroit Lions in the NFC North for the playoffs and Lambeau in the cold. Yeah, can't do it. Give me Green Bay minus the four and a half. We'll close that one out on the same side. Bang. Love it, love it, love it. So we'll see how this uh, this wraps up. We will continue to do these throughout the playoffs. So this is by no stretch over um, unless – you stink it up this week, and then you give me such a big lead. But uh, <laughs> no, we're coming back. For I don't that. think that's going to happen. This is going to be a wild one for us. Yeah, who knows on these week eighteen games, man? I think we got enough on either side to get me a little bit of points caught back up for you from last week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let's roll into it, shall we? Any last things we want to do before we dive in? No, let's get straight into it. Our first co-managed draft together. Yes, sir. We, we've we've taken over an orphan. We have never ever done an actual startup together, uh, co-managing. So we we kicked things off. This is you're seeing the first round. I want to explain this. What you're seeing here, we are in a USFFL style startup. What that means is is we have ten rounds of auction 
And so we have a thousand dollar budget for these 10 rounds. Each round is randomly determined. We do not know going into the day until the day of, of what is actually popping up. You have two quarterback rounds, two running back rounds, two wide receiver rounds, one tight end, one wild card when anything can be nominated, and then one round 10 picks, which is what you are seeing here, um, which is you can the first opportunity to take Devies. So this is also a Debbie league. So crazy stuff. So after these first 10 rounds of auction, you then go into a snake style draft for the remaining of the draft. So you have the opportunity to pick up some pieces right off the bat, and then um, you, you kind of team build from there. So if you are new to auction, hands down, the best way to dynasty is to make sure you have a fair shot at all the players on the board. You're not just a victim of your draft slot. And for me, this is the best, like a really good intro idea for people as they start auction. Yep. Really great intro to auction. Really great intro in a Debbie as well, because it's a smaller Debbie pool that we're going to play within this one. Uh, you can expand these. You can tweak these any way you want. Another wrinkle that we do have in here, our 10th round that we added in this one. We actually, in Dynasty, are playing with defense and special teams that you can draft. So we'll have one of those rounds as well. Each time you're throwing up 12 guys, clock resets every time your bid is up bid. And you get a certain amount of time to come back and try to get these guys and so we get these round 10 picks, which is your first shot at Debbie. So you've got you've got the quarterbacks that you see in the college game right now that are probably going to be the grand prizes. And you've got Bijan as well. So those first five picks, I think, are I mean, we see it here. They're going for almost they're going for a quarter of your budget in the first round on your first one asset that you're using. And then you've got 10 more rounds to try to figure out how you're going to use this thing. And as you can see, so our initials are TFDR for the fantasy draft room. So TFDR is not involved in this at all. We we bowed out on these prices. Uh, so we passed on them all. But you can see uh, Dynasty and Chill. So that's Scott Connor and then Ray GQ. They have a, a good chunk of the picks here. Brandon has the 101 and 102. And then Kozu has a chunk of picks there towards the end of the round as well. And, you know, when you really think about it, yeah, it's it's Caleb Williams, it's Drake May, Bijan Robinson. So it's any 2023, 20, 24, 25 players that you can project and or or it can be any remaining player that does make it out of the auction. So for instance, if you know we have Derrick Henry who has not been drafted through these rounds, if you wanted to take Derrick Henry here, you can, but again. Keep in mind what you spent or what what budgets are being spent on these players. So, uh, yeah, it looks like we're going to have quarterbacks right off the rip, um, some Debbie guys, and then best remaining players. Do you, what do you what do you see here? Any anything you want to add to this round here? No, I mean I think you I think you can see a lot of guys that are just saying, hey, the quarterback landscape of what we've seen right now isn't that great. So we're going to spend up at the beginning of this draft. If the guys slip through, we can take them there, or we can pivot. We can take your favorite of May, uh, Williams, Stroud, any of those guys, because we'll also have those guys as well. Yeah, so I think that's something to to consider. You're, you're taking that individual pick, and then um, and then you can kind of play with it and see how the, the next nine rounds go. So, you know, great kind of strategy. I think we've kind of discussed this, and we'll, we'll dive into it later on as well um, as to why that could be beneficial. So round two, we had quarterback. Round two, we had quarterback. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> we had, um, you see, let's see here. Mike White came off the board, Desmond Ritter, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Tua, T-Law, and Justin Fields. Now, how this works is you nominate 
one person each round and you can only be the winner of two players so you can only win two as a maximum in each round and, and you so you can only be high bidder on two at the same time so they, there is that little twist which makes you manage your money a little bit more but man these qb prices holy crap Man, uh, I've been saying, because we've done a couple of these, we started these up this year in the first two. I think this is our third one that we've ran like this, and we've been following all of them. But with the quarterback landscape, like I mentioned, as we've been seeing, it's just gotten so, so depleted. <clears throat> and so these top-tier guys, the entire narrative that we've spun, oh, they, everybody in Destination Devi, probably most people across Dynasty, are just saying you have to get your quarterbacks because everything we play is super flex. So you have to get these quarterbacks. You got to lock them up. You want two elite tier quarterbacks. And if you do, you're against 12 other people that are like-minded and want the same exact thing. So good luck getting them. We only saw one team come out of this round with two, I believe, or this is our second round of the, I jumped us too far again, I believe. No, you're good. Yeah, no, it's round, we are. It's round two, so we are good. We did, we did get a couple of these guys that you know a little bit outside of the BAM tier, the Russell Wilson and the Tua Tagovailoa that we ended up going with here. But these top tier guys, the Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allen's going for four twenty five out of thousand dollar budget. You're dropping forty two and a half percent right out of the bat on a single player. It's BAM tier. I get it, man. And if it was a lineup league, I think we'd be right there where we're saying, hey, I don't care what I'm dropping. If I want to drop 90% of my budget on two quarterbacks, I'll do it. Don't care. But we are playing best ball. And when everybody's trying to get these top tier quarterbacks, this is where you and I kind of got together and we're just like, hey, man, like we're just going to have to go for depth because we're not. We just weren't comfortable doing it, especially it's where depth is going to matter. So pivoted off of those guys, went down to Tua and Russ, and it did not feel good right at the time. I will, I will tell you, it does not feel comfortable at all because you're staking a lot of your future riding on these guys. But whenever you're dropping so much of your budget, you just can't build the depth that we thought was necessary here coming out of only round two. Yeah, and for, for those that are new to auction, when everyone is zigging, you zag, right? So you see all of these guys, 360, 370, 370, 370, 380, 400. And like the gap between those 360, 370 guys and then where we ended up getting Tua. And again, understand the concussion concerns, understand that. But you're talking about a $200 plus dip from a guy like Justin Fields to to a tag of Aloha. Like we got two starting quarterbacks in the NFL, regardless of how you feel about Russ. Um, you know, he's a starting quarterback, right? Like he's going to be a serviceable QB two, and you're just going to take what you get from him. And for a hundred dollars, like man, like we got two quarterbacks for a hundred dollars cheaper than anybody else got one. And I feel like in best ball, that's a steal. Yeah, I mean, it's just the zig. It might not be a steal, you know, right? Like, you do have to yeah. – like, we do understand the risk. Like, to a, you, you say we got two starters. There is a risk. Like, there is a True. outside chance that we only have one coming out of this round. True. And so, there, there is a chance, you know, I don't believe personally that it's going to happen. I don't believe there's a large percentage chance that Tua doesn't end up playing again next year. But you got to understand the risk that's involved with it and – you know, when you're trying to win win leagues and you're trying to build your team out of the draft the right way, I think you just got to take some risks at some point. 
quarterback normally isn't where I like to take risks, though. <laughs> it does, <laughs> like I said, it does not feel comfortable. But for the prices that we got these guys at, I, I can't, I can't say anything bad about it, man. Yeah, I mean, and so through through two rounds, we ended up with two players. We got two quarterbacks, so we're down to seven hundred and fifty eight dollars. Uh, so you can see the remaining budget at the bottom of the screen. So I'm going to go on here to round three, which is where we had a wild card round. And again, these things come up randomly. So we just don't know what round is going to happen, which changes your strategy as you go in. So this anyone could throw up any name they wanted. And as you see, we had some tight ends, you know, like uh, Kelsey and Goddard, Najee, Deshaun Watson, Tony Pollard. We had a defense. The Bears defense got thrown up. Tyreek, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, CeeDee Lamb and Jarek. McKinnon again can only win two and we came out with Goddard and Tyreek Hill at 80 bucks each and what else did you notice in this round that kind of stood out to you the wild card round is one of the most difficult ones especially when you're getting it early uh like like we said we played through a couple of these before wild card round is one of those that is pretty hard to actually determine because if you're in the middle tier guys you don't have any basis for what the prices should realistically be. So you're seeing here, like we got the Chicago bears defense going off for 46. We're going to get to the defense round later. And I mean, when you're paying up a little bit, it feels like when you look back at it, you're paying up for the bears defense because the defenses are going to go for a lot less than this, especially for a team. Like we see the bears defense right now, but you just can't know. So it's hard to, it's hard to try to judge where these guys are. You know, you have some historical data from the drafts that we've done in the past but we don't have that with the defenses. So we can kind of guess that like, you know, Keltner, Dallas Goddard for 80 is probably around the range that he's going to go plus or minus 20 bucks or so. Uh, Travis Kelsey is probably one of the biggest ones that have, that's been flipped. He's I think for probably about everybody in this league is probably tight end one. I don't think there's anybody still holding on to the pits or Andrew's dreams in, in this league. And I think that's represented by the price 136 for a tight end, but in the scoring format, he's producing just like a top tier quarterback. So if you're looking at it, just position for a positionless player, $136 is actually in, in my mind, still a pretty nice deal for Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I feel like that's the thing with the wild card round is it's not comparison against players. Cause it's hard to, you know, again, you don't have a ton of players to compare at the same position. So it is how comfortable are you paying 13% of your budget on Travis Kelsey. How comfortable are you paying, you know, uh, $57 for Najee Harris? Like, it, it, is that really where they're going to end up going? And so you see those prices, but again, Travis Kelsey, the tight end one, in our opinion, and a guy that you're going to be able to rely on, I'm comfortable. And when you look at the scoring, he's a top five scorer in this. It is a 2.0 tight end premium. So it is a heavy premium for, for Kelsey. Um, which is why we were okay going up to 80 for Goddard and, and taking taking Goddard at that price. Same thing, we got Tyreek at 80 and CeeDee Lamb at 126. We thought CeeDee Lamb at 126 at that moment was a little high. But when we get to the wide receiver round, you're going to find out. Like it, it is just crazy to, to see how different things are just round by round. It, it is, and it's... It comes down to every auction's different, especially in this style where you don't know what's going to be coming up next. You're not just going down the ADP, putting one up at a time. It's not a fast auction. It's a slow auction as well. So people can come off the board, and then you get a depleted board that everybody's trying to fight over as well. Prices get ran up. It's a wild, wild format. And 
you have to have, the only way you can do it is practice i mean seriously yeah. um it's a lot of startups if you really want to practice it that much so uh definitely definitely like doing the co-managed version of this because it eliminates <laughs> one more startup that we both don't have to do or half a startup i guess kind of think about it but man getting getting some of these guys like tyreek for 80 and get dallas goddard for 80 just to lock these guys into our lineup especially when we we knew that we were coming away with two of the lesser quarterbacks coming out of that first quarterback round, knowing that we probably wanted to save up a little bit of money to try to get back in on quarterback in the second quarterback round as well. I think these were two good values for us. And I think there's, there's a good amount of value all across this board. I think there's only a couple that you look back and say that might've been a little bit of an overpay. Yeah. I feel like this is a round where in general with the wild card round, I, I will pick my guys and I will go after them. Like when you see the wide receivers, there's, there's two on the board with, with CD lamb and Tyree kill Tyree kill is probably going to be the higher scorer for the next year or two. Um, CD lamb's obviously very good, very young, but in, in dynasty minds, CD lamb is the, the better player. He's the higher ranked player in people's minds. So we took the quote unquote value on Tyreek by spent, you know, saving $50 or 40, $46 on Tyreek Hill. Um, same thing with, with Dallas Goddard. We had those two tight ends on the board and it's like, okay, well, someone's going to run up one and we will just take the, the lesser of the two who is still a very good option in tight end premium. So I think we, when we look at it, it's, still getting a very good player, but it's making sure that we're not like, Oh, we're just going to pay, pay top dollar for some of these guys. Um, again, it's, it's writing the value and, and we'll kind of see here if you don't mind, do you want me to switch over to the next one? Yeah. Yeah. We can go over to round three or round four. So you'll start seeing here with like Najee at 57, like some of these prices are starting to come in play and you had like, we ended up getting Ramondre Stevenson for $35 and Joe Mixon for 33. You know, you see Kenneth Walker coming off at 48, 26 for Swift. Like that's a, that feels like a steal for Jay Rich. Um, you know, we have a lot of these prices. I think the higher one, Saquon 72, CMC 77. So you get an idea of some of the pricing of where these running backs ended up going. And I mean, like we saw Tony Pollard go for 29 and it's like, would you rather have Tony Pollard, DeAndre Swift? Like I sure Tony Pollard played really well this year, but I don't, think i'm going to be taking him over over swift right now in dynasty are you i mean man to be honest i've gone out on swift that that might actually we'll see we'll see we're about to do a about to do another off-season pass on rankings and yeah if 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 pollard had his destination known even if i think he was just coming back to dallas i almost think that i would have him over swift because he's gonna get more work than he is in the lions offense right now know that Jamal Williams is a free agent, but we've seen how this backfield has been split up. It's even been split to three guys now. I don't have faith in DeAndre Swift anymore. And yeah, actually, you know, we're not trying to do a ranking show here, but I'll say it right now. Give me Tony Pollard. Hot take. Here we go. But you're not wrong. Like, I I have never been in on Swift. I, for me, he has been one of those guys that like I is perennially overvalued, and people love him. I love the talent. He's electric. Blah 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 blah. Dude's never healthy. Dude always splits the backfield, and you know who knows? Maybe this year will be different. Uh, Unfortunately for for him, a lot of dynasty managers feel the same way. Where we've people have just soured on him, and it's like, hey, this was this was year three. This was your chance. Didn't happen. what does year four have in have in store for him? 
we'll see. But yeah, man, it's hard, hard for me to look at Swift and say that's a guy I want right now. Um, I just want to run through some of the names that came off the board. Nick Chubb, Isaiah Pacheco, Josh Jacobs, again, CMC, Kenneth Walker, Akers. Uh, we mentioned Joe Mixon, Brian Robinson, Saquon Barkley, and Jalen Warren for $4. So uh, what did you feel about this round? Did you like how it panned out? What was what was your thought process in, in this round four? I think we got some really nice value here, to be honest. Um, you know, it's it's hard with these running backs because our community and these guys that are in this draft with us are so soured on the running backs. You're not really going to see a lot of big money spent. So if you're looking at it and you're saying, hey, would you rather pay the 33 for Joe Mixon or double your money up for Saquon Barkley? Like, it actually would make some sense in a lot of people's minds. And even while I'm looking at it, like, you know, I want Saquon Barkley. But the issue is, is we still have wide receiver left on the board. And we know that that is going to be a everybody's going to lay down fat stacks on wide receiver. And so I think I think people are just a little bit hesitant here to really try to go after some of these guys. I mean, CMC for 77 and Saquon for 72. In the grand scheme of things, it feels like a steal. But it's because of the roster construction. It's because of how we're doing things. I mean, if you're asking me the last round where you're seeing uh, C.D. Lamb for 125 and you're seeing a $50 discount to some of these running backs, it feels that it doesn't feel right exactly because you could almost swap some of these guys once you're out of the draft just straight up. But from a team building aspect and how we know we're going to have to play this draft and everybody kind of knows everybody in this league, I think this is how it had to go. Yeah, like as I look at this, like I, I remember even thinking at the time we were like, we we're going to go for value. And that's exactly what we did. We just we found the guys that were being discounted and let them go. We, we did make a push for CMC um, and, and got his money up there. Same thing with Barkley. We made a push. But when you when we saw Stevenson, I think at the time he was in the 20s. And then same thing with Joe Mixon. We actually bumped him from like 25 to 33 and just kind of let it sit. We thought we would get bumped off and it just never happened. Um so we ended up getting both of those guys at, at what we felt were reasonable prices in comparison to to those around them, uh, regardless of how people feel about Ramondre and and you know him being in New England. Uh, he seems like he's the guy. His dynasty value not only is is high as a dynasty player, but he's also producing. So he's a valuable asset that we got for thirty five bucks. Um, you know, Ramondre. Uh, Cam Akers at 20 seems kind of like a it might end up being a value when all is said and done. Ray got kind of a, a good deal there. He's kind of shown out the last few weeks that he's his Achilles is getting better. Um, any other names stand out or anything else stand out to you in this one? It's crazy that Josh Jacobs still could never get any respect, man. <laughs> like, what does he have to do? It's just absolutely going out there and dominating the league, leading the league in rushing. Nope, $35, about the same as Ramondre and Joe Mixon. Just can yeah. never get the respect. Um, and it, it's, it does come down to not knowing his security, right? Like he's probably not playing in the same offense. It looks like this team might go into a little bit of a rebuild there in Las Vegas. Uh, didn't pick up the fifth-year option. I guess they could still bring him back, but it doesn't feel likely coming off this season. And the workload is scary as well because he's probably going to – I mean, he looks like he's putting everything into this season to get that next contract. And yeah. when you do that, it's hard to keep your body going for that long going into another year. So there's just injury concerns. But still, man, like looking at it, I want to put more respect on Josh Jacobs' name. Like, he shouldn't be going around those two, I don't think, still. 
And I feel like he's going to find a, a spot where where everything works out for him. And so, yep, I'm I'm with you. Super undervalued, and I, I'm happy with that price. It might be where his dynasty value is, but I think he's going going to be just fine there. So round five, we had tight ends come up. We had $530 coming in. We already had Dallas Goddard, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, we still came away with George Kittle and Darren Waller at $28 for Waller and $50 flat for Kittle. We, we pushed real hard on this board. This was a, a tough one. We had you know Albert O for six, uh, or we didn't. He went off the board at six. Let me clarify that. Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts, Cole Komet. Uh, Chiggy, uh, we have uh, David Njoku, Dolchich, Fryermuth, and Jake Ferguson um, also on the board that uh, that came off in this round. Anything stand out to you here? In terms of standouts, I mean, I think you just got to talk about just for some of the people who haven't really been in these auctions before, you know, you're seeing guys like Alberto get thrown up and you're like, why? Like, <laughs> what, why in the world is Alberto even worth like any percent of my auction budget at all compared to these some of these guys that I could go up and win, right? And it's because when you're thinking about it, these guys are still going to be available in the snake. All of these guys that don't get thrown up, uh, just looking at the board here, I mean, you still got like Knox on the board. Um, we took Goddard off in one of the earlier ones. So I know there's still a good couple of names at tight end that aren't on this board here. And those guys are just going to be available whenever we get to the snake portion of the draft. And so a lot of people do have the they have the strategy of, hey, I'm just going to get some lower tier guys, push the value to the draft and try to get those guys where I can whenever it's my turn in the snake. Um, this one's a little bit interesting, though, for me, whenever you're looking at it, because We've never had the defensive and special teams in here before. And that puts 32 more starters in, which just makes the snake draft so much deeper because you're putting 32 more starters and 32 more starters that never expire either into the draft. And it just makes it so much deeper that it's, I think it's just a lot harder to actually push value down the board here compared to the other ones that we've done from this format. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, it is a strategy people do use, especially when they do blow 80% of their budget on quarterbacks, right? Like you see these guys are like, ah, I'm not going to get a top tier player. So why am I going to nominate one? And it's, it's the right mental process uh, to go through because you're like, okay, let me at least eliminate the number of players that these guys can get. But if you would have tried to sneak through somebody else for $6, that might've been the play versus, you know, like I would have much rather had Jake Ferguson for 14 or, or, or Chiggy for 16, like versus spending the six on Alberto. Like Alberto's not a terrible player, but that regime, you know, did not like him. They liked Dolchich. And now that Hackett's gone, maybe things change for him. Maybe, but again, it's a gamble and it's a, a player I don't necessarily want to be spending my money on. Uh, but again, it, it is a strategy that people do use and it is effective in later rounds. But you're right. This is such a deep draft. And if you're able to come away with some big names, uh, you're going to be able to build a ton of depth through the actual snake portion later. So, um, yeah, we again, Waller, Kittle, Goddard is our tight end room. Um Anything else you want to point out here? Prices, I think we have Hawk at 81. I mean, the prices seem to, because like they seem to go down in a nice general fashion. I mean, you got, you had the um, Kelsey up at 130, the drop to Mark Andrews at the 100, down to Kyle Pitts at 88, and then all of those like tier 
two tier three guys of uh, your Kelsey, Kittle, Goddard, all went around the $80 mark, 60 to $80 mark. So I, th- I think the tight end board played out pretty well because I think it's very set exactly how that that position is set out for a lot of people. Jake Ferguson's a very interesting one for me here at $14 because Dalton Schultz doesn't resign. Jake Ferguson would look to probably either take over or split that room there in Dallas. So I thought that was an amazing nom because Ray GQ was the uh, one nominated him as well. And I, I think that was a really nice sneaky play there for Jake Ferguson at $14. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, we, we saw Schultz go down with injury a little bit and, and Ferguson got the opportunity to step up tight end out of Wisconsin. Very good player, super talent, or, you know, talented for the tight end position. He blocks really well and he's a, uh, you know, effective pass catcher. So if he can fill that Dalton Schultz role with Hendershot there, you know, it it uh, will be interesting to see if, if that ends up being a big value for for Ray. Yeah. But speaking of Dalton Schultz, he's the one who didn't actually get nominated during this round or the wild card round. So getting around 11, 12, you can pick yourself up a Dalton Schultz just for whatever snake pick comes to you. Yeah, there's Evan Ingram, Noah Fant, Mike Kosicki. Like there's a there's a bunch of names still available, you know, Bellinger um, that you, you'll be able to get in the snake. So. If you missed out, you might get one for free. It just depends on where you want to where you want to pick in that snake and, and take another tight end. So let's uh pump over or jump over, geez, to quarterback round two. <laughs> and what do we got going on here? Quarterback two. I mean, this is where we, at least in my mind, I thought we wanted to try to grab one of the upper upper tier guys, you know. Because we didn't walk away with a very solid one coming out of the quarterback one round. And this is going to be our last shot for probably the top 20, 22 quarterbacks. You know, we did have some that went off the board, like Ritter and whatever you think of Mike White. Um, Obviously, I'm very high on him, but, you know, not where I'm wanting to stake my dynasty claim as much as well. But this is where I wanted to get one of these guys, man. Like, I wanted to get the... Trey Lance, Kenny Pickett, Jared Goff, Daniel Jones. And man, Trey Lance up at 235. And did we have Cousins in this round as well? No, Cousins was in our first one. But these prices got ran up too. And we were looking at the value on the board, seeing Derek Carr's just chilling around here. And we're just like, hey, can we just like put $75 on him? And he just kept trickling up the board. And we're like, okay, when are we going to get bid off? When are we going to get bit off? And never happened. And I will gladly take myself some Derek Carr. I don't care that in the last two games he is benched. You can paint a picture to me that Derek Carr is not a top 25 quarterback in the league. I don't know. I want some of what you're on because I, I think you're you're taking something. I, I With the landscape as it is, Derek Carr is still a good quarterback, still going to be a starter, barring – crazy circumstances next year. So this this was my favorite pick that we made or favorite auction that we won uh in this entire draft. Yeah, I I get it. I get the the hesitation on Derek Carr. Um just because he's his his future is a mystery. Unless he retires, I don't see a world in which he is not a starting quarterback for the next two, three, four years. Um it's going to be where does he get traded to or do they cut him and let him become a free agent? So we'll see what actually happens with him, but there are a ton of, of potential landing spots. If he is a free agent and he gets to pick his destination, that makes me feel a lot better uh, just because Tom Brady's also a free agent. He could go play in Tampa with Evans and, and, and Godwin. 
He could also end up going to the Jets. He could go to Seattle. He could, I mean, he could go to the Falcons. Like, there's there's just a lot of possibilities for Derek Carr. And for $75, yeah, man. But we saw Jameis Winston go off the board, Geno, Aaron Rodgers, Mac Jones, Jimmy G, Kenny Pickett, Trey Lance, Jared Goff, Brock Purdy, Daniel Jones, and Malik Willis, all kind of lower tier guys. People kind of neo naming Malik, uh, Brock, just just putting names on the board at this point. But, uh, but yeah, Trey Lance went for 235, and I believe Kirk Cousins went for 235 as well. Yes, I do believe he went up there. And it's amazing that there's a $230 difference between the starter who's going to be there next year for the San Francisco 49ers. And, I mean, you're paying up for the backup $230. I don't know what we're doing here. That's our secret, right? I think that's our secret. <laughs> no, I I know you've been super high on Trey Lance. Um, well, obviously, th- things are, you know, Things are questionable right now. If Brock Purdy dicey. leads them to to a Super Bowl, we're <laughs> things are going to get dicey in San Francisco. There's a chance that could be the biggest biggest deal of the draft. Brock Purdy for five dollars. Uh, there there is a legitimate chance that he could wind up starting a good amount of games next year, whether that's for Frisco or from a trade out or whatever the case is. That's a it's a low risk, high reward play in my mind to pick up Brock Purdy for five bucks. Yeah, not a lot that I really want to dive into here. Uh, pick it for for one fifteen, Goff one thirty five. Again, you kind of see the prices good here We're down to. Yeah, good, you know, good values in comparison to to that big drop off from that two thirty range, and then obviously the three sixty range. It was there was a large gap that I noticed with quarterbacks this year that kind of surprised me. Um, usually in years past, it was like a more of a trickle down, but it was like top group was 360 plus after that you had a couple guys in the mid 200s after that it was 150 less like and less and it's like I, hey man like if we're going to be able to get some values at, at some of these you know on some of these quarterbacks might as well take the shot again it's a it is a higher risk but the reward is there too yeah and it's just a lot of it also does come down to when these rounds are coming up because a lot yes. of the a lot of the budget's gone it's a lot easier to blow 80% of your budget in round two compared to when you only have 40% left in round six. And so those guys that didn't have quarterbacks, they were able to be a little bit more disciplined with their money and be able to get themselves some of these tier two guys or tier three, tier four quarterbacks. Like we said, risk, but the value is there if you were able to play it right. Absolutely. All right, let's jump into round seven here. We had wide receiver. This is the second wide receiver round. Uh, we did not come out with anything. We we got boxed out on AJ Brown overnight um, by Noel Steelers. So uh, that was that was a frustrating one because we thought we were going to bring him home um, at like one thirty, and we just kept having a bidding war all the way up to one seventy. But as you can see, one seventy, two ten for Jamar, two ten for J Jeff. Uh, you know, lots of Lots of money came off the board here, and unfortunately, we got blanked. Man, this round hurt. <clears throat> this round really hurt because this is where we were trying to get some more depth and some more value. And we wanted, since we didn't have one of those top-tier quarterbacks, this is where we are going to make our stamp. We're going, hey, A.J. Brown's probably going to be our guy. People were flying off the board, especially whenever you just you lay down a stack of 210 on Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Uh, not a lot of people at this point could even contend with that and hope to have money left for the last uh, three rounds here. 
And so if you put a big stack on some guys, a lot of people just got scared off. I know we eventually had to tap out on AJ Brown and looking back on it, they have actually still been able to run him up to like 200 and been okay. Uh, just kind of how the rounds played out, unfortunately, but uh, yeah. I would have loved to have come away with AJ Brown here, but this is, this is where people were holding their money back for. If you remember how those discounted values were coming back off and running back, this round right here is why. And and when you think back to that wild card round where CeeDee Lamb came off the board at 126, I mean, in comparison to to his his counterparts, like that's that would have been a, a great, great deal. Cause I think he's right there with the AJ Brown area. And I right think if CeeDee would have been, you know, in this round, we would have seen an easy thirty dollar bump on on Lamb. So uh, good value there in the wild card round. Yeah, and go, going through the rest of it, um, Chase, Garrett Wilson, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley, Devonte Adams, Chris Olave, Juan Jennings, Isaiah Hodgins, Woo. Nico Collins. Uh, so a couple of duds there to round off the end of it. A couple of three dollar bids and one dollar on Juwan, but a lot of a lot of really good guys came off in this round, and definitely hurt to not come away with one of these guys. It was just the way the board ended up. Um, I, I know we were considered being in on Adams, but we really thought we were going to get AJ Brown, and, and that was unfortunate. I will say Isaiah Hodgins. Ray actually got some sneaky cheap picks here. I, I like Isaiah Hodgins as a best ball dart throw, and for three bucks, you know, when you're trying to to accumulate assets, that was a, a solid asset to get. But yeah, I, I know if the order would have came off differently, if we knew this was going to get bumped at two in the morning. Um, yeah. Yeah, we may have been we may have pursued things differently, but stay still. We'll kind of we'll touch on our team at the end here um, and kind of go through where we ended up. Very happy with our team. Round eight know, here. Fine. Yeah, we're we're fine. We're fine. It it, it sucked, but hey, we're, we we made it work out here. Uh, defenses. The, the the interesting thing with defense is they can get flexed. So it is start one quarterback, one running back, one tight end, one wide receiver, and the rest are flex and a super flex. And it is a start 12. So we can have defenses actually hit our lineup multiple spots. Um, and they do put up, you know, like the Patriots average 25 points a game, just to give you an idea. There is a there is an actual scoring bump to some of this to make it a little bit more balanced and add a little bit more intrigue. Um, I don't really want to dive in too much into the defenses other than saying we ended up with the Patriots at $40 and <laughs> the Eagles at 42. Anything you really want to look at here with the defenses? No, just need to say, I mean, we missed out on the last round, missed out on AJ Brown. We were like, all right, well, we're getting two of the top three right here. Yeah. So just lay down on the Patriots and the Eagles. We'll get our two from this round, walk away and try to pick up one or two more in the uh, snake draft. Yep, and the fact that they are two teams that historically build around defense or have a really good defense uh, feels really good. So, hey, we, we have them forever, and we'll see what kind of trade value we have when the season comes around. So round nine, wide receiver twos. This is where we made some noise, and again, it's the ninth round. You don't carry this budget over other, you know, other than fab for the offseason. So we were at that point with 295 bucks where we made a splash. Yeah, this round hurt my head. Uh, we were talking <laughs> through this round for a good couple of hours last night. And um, man, the amount of math that went into this one, because it's like, okay, if we go in on this player, then they bump that player, then we get this, and then we can save this much for this, but we need to have more than them. 
had that circular conversation for about two hours and finally just, you know, because we were going in on we were going in on Metcalf, T. Higgins, and Cooper Cup, I believe, and trying to round out our Amon Ra share with one of those guys. And we just kind of we kind of came to the decision. We're just like, all right, let's go. Diggs just slap down all the money we want. 146, leave us a little bit of money if we want to try to pick up something in this last running back round. But just take take these two wide receivers home. Now we have Diggs, Tyreek, and Amon Ra to build out our wide receiver room. That feels fantastic, man. A very, very nice consolation prize. I don't even want to consider it a consolation prize. To lose out on A.J. Brown and then still be able to come away with Diggs and Amon Ra. Yeah, I, and we we again we can talk it to death and look at things in hindsight and be like, oh, we could have taken you know DK at eighty six or T at eighty six or eighty five, whatever, and tried to make a run at running back. But the, the bottom line is, we wanted to we wanted to get Amon Ra for sure. And when we were able to get him in a position to come off the board, Diggs got bumped, and we knew that Diggs was going to come off afterwards. Waited for Amon Ra to clear, and we just said, hey, we're going to throw all our money at Diggs. If we get Diggs, great. If not, we force, you know, we force someone else to spend a, a fat stack on him, which gives us the opportunity to double up at running back later. Um, and hey, like you said, I'm not going to complain about building a wide receiver room around Tyreek Diggs and Amon Ra. Like feels good. Kittle, Waller, and and Goddard at, at tight end, Mixon and <laughs> Mixon and Ramondre at, at running back, and then having Tua russ and Derek carr like that is that's a starting lineup again it's best ball but like that those are all starting options for our team on any given week and it feels really good to have those through those nine rounds feels feels damn good man it feels it feels absolutely incredible so uh, i loved how loved how this draft played out we're doing this a little bit early because i mean we just just jump into this round 10 over here where we've got our last pick off the board. We've got the last round running back to, we've only got five of these that are fully clear. We're pulling up the rest of them now because this is still ongoing. We're just about to wrap this up. We got our guy though, filling it out with Kenny Iguanu. Let's go. <laughs> League winner right there. Woo! Uh, yeah. You know, again, this is where strategy came into play. It was like, we had 20 bucks left can we get a potential backup running back who might have an opportunity? Who knows? He, he, he there are punt return yards and punt return uh, touchdowns. So he might be able to crack a lineup. It's, it's a dart throw. And for a buck, like whatever, like we just yeah. knew we wanted to, to put dog, dog water up there. <laughs> yeah. You're putting up the dog water. There's a chance somehow that Alexander Madison leaves. They don't bring in another guy that in is the backup to Dalvin cook. Who's going into year 20, 28 or age 28 season, I believe. Yeah. So there's injury risk with that. They don't bring in anybody else. Ken Anguanu could have a little bit of a role. Just some, just those dog shit best ball dart throws, like we like to call them. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, that, that wrapped up our team, the, the remaining guys on the board, um, just so we are all kind of up to speed here. Uh, we have, let's see, Javante on the board who comes off here in three minutes, Eckler, so Javante's at 44, Eckler 75, Algier at 42, Pierre Strong at 10, Rashad Penny at 10, and Rashad White at 42. So again, 
at this point, people are just throwing all their money out there. So prices are a little bit different. You can't compare the fact that we got Mixon for 33 and, and now, you know, Algiers 42. It's Algiers 42. You, you can't so, do it because people are just they're they're saying, Hey, I got this stack left. I can't yeah. I can't take it with me. We do take it with us in terms of fab, but that's a whatever throw throwaway thing. People are just trying to get their last guy. You know, that that's really all that matters for a lot of these teams. And with $19 left, we would have gotten boxed out of every, everybody other than Pierre Strong and Rashad Penny. And at that point, we'll we'll take the extra little bit of cash with us. Yeah, and then the other twist to it is the remaining fab, the order of of how you finish, however much money you have left, it you know trickles down. That is your draft position for the the snake draft that comes up after this. So uh, we're probably going to be in the middle to the back since we only had nineteen dollars left. I think there's several people with more, uh, but we should be around like the eight or nine uh, in the pecking order when all is said and done. And yeah, like tons of names still available uh, tons of wide receivers with Pittman, Deontay, uh, Goddard quarterbacks about the only one that's really dried up and yeah man quarterback um, is rough you're looking at like Tannehill, Tom Brady, Matt yeah. Ryan like you're looking at some god awful pieces over there and we don't have any pictures of, of these teams and I'm just kind of scrolling through as we as we go here um Eric Vanek he has Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, Aaron Rodgers, and Mike White going along with JT, Kenneth Walker. That feels good. Only has one wide receiver with Calvin Ridley, but he does have Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts along with the Steelers defense. I mean, he built an interesting team. Um, you know, we still have a lot to play out with Ray's team and with Scott's team because they have the round 10 picks, but they have some, some interesting players. Uh, any teams, I, I know I kind of put you on the spot here, any teams stand out to you? as far as how they've built so far? Uh, the one that I really like, and we were battling with this guy for a good amount of the uh, time, kind of made him our uh, public enemy number one, was Kozu. And uh, he got three of the background 10th round picks. So he's got the 10-12, or the 10-10, 10-11, 10-12. Once we get to there and we start the snake probably off tomorrow. Got Geno Smith already. That's where you're questionable. Because in that round 10, it sounds like from what we've been hearing people talk, like there's going to be, I'd say, within the 12 picks, probably nine quarterbacks between Debbie yeah. and 2023 guy, or twenty or current vets, 2023 and then 2024 class. You got to hope that you can pick up some quarterback value, man, because otherwise that quarterback room is going to be struggling. But the rest of the rest of the draft, I think he did really well, man. Brees Hall, McKinnon. T. Higgins, Cooper Cup, CeeDee Lamb, Chris Olave, Devonta Smith, like that wide receiver room. Yeah. And then with a the hammer and Brees Hall, that is fantastic. He's got the Denver tight ends of Greg Dolchich and Alberto. Who knows? I guess you got a shot on both for only $27. So whatever way yep. it works out, you're good. I wonder if he's a Denver fan because he's also got the Denver defense and the Cowboys defense. So I think his draft looks a lot like ours, but just sub out the round 10 picks for the quarterbacks that we were able to get. And I hope I, I hope for his sake it works out for him. But, man, it is a little bit scary not knowing what quarterbacks are going to be left there at the 10-11, 10-10, and 10-12. Yeah, I mean, he's hoping really like for current quarterbacks that Tom Brady happens to be back there because uh, he's definitely not getting any of the Debbie guys or any of the 2023 guys. I don't see that happening. Um yeah, like he's going to be hoping for Stafford, for for Tom Brady, for 
uh, Ryan Tannehill, you know, like th- there's going to be some guys that he's just hoping works or, you know, who knows, maybe he has a, a strategy in mind, but, you know, paying $96 for two of those and then 76 for the last one, uh, maybe it ends up being a value. Maybe it works out for him, but we'll see again. This is why you, you cannot win your draft or you cannot win through the auction, but you, you can, you can lose. And so he did a really good job of at least building some core pieces and then giving himself the opportunity. And really the snake is what it comes down to. Like we have some good cores already built, but uh, if you screw up the snake now, you know, you could, you could be hurting. You could be hurting. So we'll see how this man 33 deep, man. You still got to draft a good amount of your team. Uh, Some people, you know, you anywhere between six and I think our cap on this one was like 14 assets that we came away with. So you still got to fill a lot of guys through the snake, still got to fill this team out. And so, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of work left to be done with these teams. Like where a lot of these guys are, there's a couple of teams that have some question marks, got to fill some spots but really like where we came out of this auction with to start up the snake draft tomorrow. Yep. Zero complaints coming out with 14. Uh, coincidentally, crazy enough. Kozu did come out with 16 Ooh. or he is, he's in on 16. So he actually did the magic number and came out with the max. So good for, good for him again, got those three picks to figure out, but, um, yeah, oh, man. He kind of cheated. He got three picks in one round. That's all. I'll still give True. him credit. I'll still give True. him the credit. 16 assets. That's 16 that's assets. Good. Just figure out those quarterbacks, Coz, who you got. Yep. So this has been fun. We'll, we'll kind of keep you updated as this uh, finishes out. And we are going to start doing some offseason prep for everyone uh, because some leagues are going to be opening up right away. Some are going to take a little hiatus. This will be a great opportunity to mentally prep and, and get your team ready for when waivers do open. Uh, we'll dive into the 2023 class as well. Anything else you want to touch on before we jump out of here? No, man, I think I think we're all good here. If anybody has any questions about how these leagues run, um, I know that we're trying to get we're trying to get more of these filled throughout the offseason. Yes. I'm sure there'll be like five more of these. If you get into the Patreon over at Patreon forward slash all gas, get into the Heisman tier, join up with heavy hitters from the industry. Um, we, we talk to these guys almost every day. It feels like it's an incredible community that we've built over there that these guys have built and we've become a part of, and we get to play in leagues like this. That's just from a year ago today, neither of us, I don't think could even have imagined playing with some of these guys we've been following. So incredible community over there. If you want to get into these leagues, that is how you do it. Get into the Heisman tier at Patreon forward slash all gas, reach out to Ray G, reach out to Scott. We can see if we can fill you in for some of these that we're going to be doing. Um, And then if you want to reach out to us about anything that we took away from this draft, any questions that you have about your own drafts, they're probably starting up here. You know, for some of us DGENs, we can't get enough of Dynasty. You're like, hey, the season's over. We need to need to start up right now. Let's go. Can't can't have any dead period. So any questions about those, leave them in the comments. Reach out to us on Twitter, uh, Discord, wherever you can reach out to us. And we'll be happy to do anything we can. Absolutely love the feedback and the communication that we get from y'all. All the like, subscribes, algorithm things that you love to pump. <laughs> I absolutely despise pumping, but we got to do it. Throw it in there at the end. And now 
Chase, wrap us all out here, man. Yep. Like, subscribe, and, and again, make sure to to let us know uh, if you're interested in doing mocks. We're going to be banging out a ton of redraft startup mocks. We are going to to be doing auction. Auction is the way. We are still going to do snakes for for everybody, but you know, auction is the the fairest and best way. And we would love to to help you out and learn more or ed- educate a little bit more on on why auction is the best way. Um, yeah, man. I want to thank you all again for joining us. Happy New Year. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us here in the Fantasy Draft Room.